Kyle Pancakes here and joining me tonight on The Stack, I have Tennessee Sunshine, Billy Tipton. You can see him regularly in TWE, Action Wrestling, Southern Underground Pro, and on Uncharted Territory in singles competition or as one half of Bill's Getting Paid. So please welcome Billy Tipton. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Um, I love seeing you on Uncharted Territory. And I'm excited to see you next weekend, this weekend, next weekend, whenever it is, in oh. Futures, soon um, for SCI in Futures. So thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Yeah, happy to be here. So what was a young Billy Tipton like? Oh, um, so I was always just like terrified of breaking rules as a kid. Like I... I, so, like, I hate to say that I was just, like, a really good kid, but really, I was just, like, so nervous about doing, about getting in trouble or, like, upsetting my, like, my mom or my my grandparents that I just was kind of compulsively, like, straight-laced, um, which, as you can imagine, made me a lot of friends, made me a lot of friends, but uh, that's, I mean, yeah, I was, I was very excitable, very hyper, but I... I think that about sums it up. So uh, how did you decide to go from being a like straight-laced, straight and narrow kid to pursuing wrestling? I mean, in a lot of ways, I'm still kind of that person. Like I've just, over the past couple years, I've kind of realized that like which rules are important and which ones aren't and like where, where to be more laid back and where to, to tighten up. But um, no, I, so I actually decided to be a wrestler in fall of 2018. Um, so I was, at, I was in the army at the time I was stationed at Fort hood and WWE came to do a tribute to the troops show there. And I had to get up at five in the morning so I could move a black Hawk to be in the background. And I ended up sticking around for the whole thing. I was front row. There's a lot of shots at the back of my head from one of the roaming cams um, on that footage, but I got to meet a couple of the wrestlers and I had been a wrestling fan as a kid. I, my, I, growing up, we were a WCW household. And so when WCW went under, we kind of like quit rock, watching wrestling. I got into it a little bit during high school, but when I joined the army, I kind of quit paying attention to a lot of stuff. And so I hadn't really watched any wrestling for several years at that point. And my brother had been trying to get me back into it. And I just couldn't turn down the opportunity to see a live event like that. And so I was hooked, understandably so. I mean, there was some phenomenal talent on that on that show. Um, pretty much all tag matches, though, now that I think of it. But I, 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 at that point, like moving forward from there, I couldn't get enough of it. I started getting back into it, listening to podcasts, watching uh, SmackDown, Raw, NXT. I started watching New Japan stuff like shortly after that. And then eventually the following January I was in this like training exercise thing where I was kind of just alone with my phone where I was watching a bunch of wrestling for like a month and so I kind of decided like well I've got a year left in the army when I get out might, might as well try this um so I I when I got out of the army I decided to go to Dr. Tom's school here in Knoxville nice I did not know that you were in the army I, I try not to be overly obnoxious about it. 
Fair enough. So what were some of the best things that you learned while training? Like the stuff that like you, the stuff that sticks with you? Um, I mean, training with Dr. Tom is kind of unique. Uh, he, you end up with a lot of, it, well, I personally ended up with a lot of situations where when I don't know what to do, I'll just kind of hear him yelling at me in the back of my head. Um, but normally that voice kind of steers me in the right direction. So I, mostly it's just a lot of psychology and fundamentals, but everything else has been able to kind of build on that so much faster than I would have expected over the past two years, roughly now for me. So you've been wrestling for two years and it's all basically been during COVID. Um, <laughs> so what has been one of like the like driving factors in keeping you going because it's especially with it being a lot of COVID time, like not all of the live events were there. Like what has kept you motivated through that? I mean, strangely enough is kind of in a, it's probably not a bad thing that I didn't start until after the lockdowns had started coming back up because I didn't know any different. I didn't know what the Indies were like before that. I barely paid attention to it. And so pretty much all of my matches, my uh, first match was in August of 2020. And so I, I never really was able to look back and be like, Oh, you know, things were so much better prior to this, but it is from the moment I started wrestling has been the most fun thing I've ever done. And on top of that, I've been able to make a lot of really great friends in the process. And so I think a mixture between that and just the fact that, I mean, I keep every so often, I just keep kind of recommitting myself to it and telling myself like, well, if you ease up now, like you're wasting, you wasted all this other time. So keep driving forward. So who has had the most influence on you both in the ring and out of the ring? And that can be, you know, different people. Um, oh, that's, that's tough. Are we talking like people that I know personally? Or are we just talking about like, in general? however, however you want to answer the question as far as like people that have like guided you throughout your life and then people that have guided you through wrestling or however you want to look at it. I mean, if we're talking outside of the ring, honestly, it's my mom. I, I, have been incredibly blessed to have just this wonderful woman, absolute sweetheart of a person. Everyone meets her. She's instantly your best friend. And it's, she's, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone who has a negative word to say about the woman. And so the entire time I was growing up, I just had this desire to do right by her because she was doing so well by me and my siblings. Um, but I always kind of have years of watching her do the right thing to guide me whenever I don't know how to proceed. So if I had to pick one out of the ring, it's my mom. In the ring is a lot trickier. Um, it, it really, I don't know. Cause I mean, I, I have been influenced by so many different people in so many different ways. It's hard for me to pick just one. I mean, you can pick like several if you want, or it, like however you answer the question is up to you. Um, if there's anybody you want to give a special shout out to? Well, I mean, I I've kind of like hopped around a bit since I started. I mean, there's been a handful of different vets that have been somewhat like persistent 
throughout my time in wrestling, I oddly enough, you know, before our current uh, disagreements, if you will, I, I will say like early on in wrestling school, I kind of made friends with Dylan McQueen. I fun fact actually taught that man how to deadlift. Um, I didn't, I didn't teach him how to not be good at it, but I taught him how to deadlift. And around this time, like he kind of just pointed me in the right direction, right. As I was starting out. Um, obviously we have our fair share of squabbles now, but I really don't know that I would have gotten to where I am without that early on. So what are your future plans and dreams in wrestling? I'm going to be a main event talent in a major company. I don't know which one. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm going to keep going until it happens. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not trying to get there tomorrow because this is a marathon, not a sprint. And it's a lot of fun kind of taking my time and just gradually getting better, branching out, learning new places, different crowds. I want to travel more. I want to, I want to get comfortable in different regions with what the different crowds they're like and they react to really before I, before I get to a point where I, I think, Oh, you know, like I absolutely have to be with a major company. I, I want to have experienced pretty much everything the Indies have to offer. So what would you say has been your greatest achievement in wrestling so far? And that can be whatever you make of it. If it's like a specific like match or set of opponents, or if it was some, you know, milestone that you'd reached, whatever greatest achievement means to you. Um, it's really difficult to pick any one single thing. Um, Honestly, I think to date, the best thing that I've been able to do is get the type of reaction that I get when I'm at SUP. And I mean, obviously moving forward, I'm going to try to replicate that everywhere, but just that crowd is so different. It makes me feel so welcome. And I feel like I'm my best in front of those, those people. So what about that crowd specifically is so different? Is there anything like I tangible? Mean, the energy they want, they want to see, I <laughs> like they want to see me succeed. And I, I, I don't, it's really hard to describe. I mean, you can talk to any number of people that have worked for SUP over the years, but that basement East crowd is just different. It is, it brings a different animal out of you, no matter who you are. Okay. I have never been there, but it is one of the promotions that I would love to go see, especially in that venue. Um, so I'm hoping that someday I can make that occur. Definitely recommend it. I'd love to have you there. So now that we've talked about what your greatest achievement is, what is the greatest obstacle that you have overcome so far in wrestling? Um, I mean, early on, I like, and I still, you know, deal with it off and on from time to time. But when I first started out, I had this just horrible anxiety that 
leading up to matches and all the way up until pretty much the match was going on, I would just be shaking in my boots. And I, I've, I've gotten to the point where enough of it's gone that I, I'm comfortable. I genuinely, you know, am able to not have to worry if whether or not that's going to impact my performance. But definitely, I would say the biggest obstacle I've had so far has been anxiety. Well, I've seen you wrestle once now, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm very much looking forward to futures. Nothing to be anxious about. You're fantastic. You'll do great every time. I have the utmost faith in you. If you had an action figure of yourself, and it was one of the ones that like was like a talking action figure, what would you want it to say, and what accessories would it come with? Um, that's not, I mean, it, obviously it's going to have to have some kind of like howdy, I'm Billy Tipton greeting or something like that. Uh, the, the little yee yee yell that I do sometimes during matches would be another fun one for it to say, as far as accessories go, I, I don't get to bring it out very often, but I actually have this, like this ax handle that my pep all made in his wood shop that I will occasionally come to the ring with. I've done some brief, uh, I had a brief run as a GM at a promotion here in Tennessee where I carried that around with me the entire time. So like accessories wise, that's probably all I've got. Well, it's like you come with like the vest. Oh, well, I, I mean, absolutely my best, but I, I try to rotate through. I've got three of them and I'm trying to, I try to, you know, just depending on the day, I try to shake it up a bit. Nice. Do you have like a special vest that you use? Like when it's like a big match, like big match field vest? Um, for a little while, the leather one was, but I'm, I'm trying to start using that one a little bit more often. Well, I'm excited to see what best you will wear. Yeah. So you haven't been wrestling for too terribly long, but given the option, would you rather go back and wrestle yourself like back in time and wrestle yourself for your first match or go forward in time and wrestle yourself five years from now. Absolutely me from five years from now, because I know that that would probably, I would learn a lot. I like, I learn a lot when I wrestle people that are better than me. And I, I've been fortunate enough that I've gotten to do that a bunch. And so like, I definitely think that if I got to see where I'm at five years from now, it would kind of inspire me and probably push me along a little bit quicker, maybe. Right on. I'm always that the reason I ask that question is because I always wonder it's like, do you want to know where you will be five years from now? Like anything could happen. Oh yeah, absolutely anything. That's it. That's what's exciting about this though, is the business is constantly changing. There's you never know what's gonna happen, you know, five weeks from now, let alone five years. Truly, it's been there's been a lot going on lately. So who knows where things will be five years from now within wrestling. If you could create your own title, what would it be for and how would it be defended? Like, what would you call it? And would you have any specific stipulations attached to it? See, I, if I was just going to create something, 
I, I would probably have some weird gimmick title that like has some strange match stipulation attached to it where it could be defended anywhere, but it's got to be under like a, I, I don't know, like a seven out of 13 falls match or just something wacky because I'm, I, I always enjoy whenever there's a weird stip that I've not seen before watching how different people interpret it. Um, I mentioned the seven out of 13 falls match that apparently did happen or that did happen several years ago. And it's a, it's somewhere on IWTV. It's a great, it's a really entertaining match, but like, it's, I don't know. Anything unconventional would probably be the requirement. I don't know that it would be necessarily that exactly, but, um, and it would just be the, uh, go out there and figure it out title. I think is what it would be called. Nice. Um, do something different and like you do you can just not use a stipulation that has been used before it has to be a new stipulation every time new step every time um can't be defended in regular matches nice i would look forward to that i like i like i don't know if you want to call them like gimmick matches or whatever but i i don't know i like things that are different so that would be right up my alley <laughs> uh other than your gear and your phone, what do you not leave for a wrestling trip without? Like, is there some things like, you know, other than like your your gear and your wallet and your phone? Like, what is like, is there any like odd thing that you bring with you? Um, well, so I normally, I anytime I'm going anywhere for a wrestling show, I tend to take my fanny pack. And in that, I've normally got like, simple stuff like chapstick and things like that but i'll also have um some super glue and this little extendable back scratcher that i'll use because it is there's nothing worse than having to be that guy that's like rubbing your back up against the door randomly or like asking someone else to scratch your back now like we're we're all sweaty we don't need that it's like we touch each other enough in the ring um so that's probably the weirdest thing that i take with me to every wrestling show is that little back scratcher i got it at cracker barrel <laughs> Nice. <coughs> Cracker Barrel is a true delight. You can find anything. Um, yeah, no, I get that though. You don't want to be like Yogi the Bear, like rubbing your back on stuff. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> um, so I know that with wrestling, you're traveling a lot. Like, I know you travel you know quite a little bit i know you said you want to travel a little bit more but what on your travels like what do you listen to do you like have music that you listen to or podcasts like if i jump in the car with billy tiffin what am i hearing it really depends i try to not be obnoxious with what i listen to when i'm with other people if i'm alone it's some rotation of podcasts and music and maybe music that i want to sing along to maybe some audio books it's i'm all over the place but if I'm with someone else that I'm very particular about like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to not play music that's like horribly offensive and I'm not going to listen to podcasts that are going to be particularly polarizing. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to subject any random person to some like Dungeons and Dragons podcast or like whatever else I'm listening to at the time. I, I try to just be flexible on what I listen to really. I feel like, what you listen to doesn't matter as much if there are other people in the car, though, just because the conversation kind of makes the time move along faster. So uh, what podcast do you listen to? 
Oh, um, it depends. Um, I got, I kind of go through phases. I've listened to Jericho's podcast a bit in the past. Um, obviously like everybody, everybody intermittently listens to Rogan. Um, there's a, occasionally I'll listen to some like critical role or some other Dungeons and Dragons podcasts. If I'm just feeling it, um, two bears, one cave with, uh, Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer can be fun depending on, you know, depending on the week, but it really just, it's, Podcast wise, I'm all over the place. And then, like, what is the most surprising song on your playlist? Like, the song that people would be like, oh, you listen to that? Honestly, I feel like any, for me, it's like for most people, they're going to say something super poppy or whatever, but I feel like that's not going to catch anybody off guard. Um, but I like, I would say probably the amount of like slipknot that I listen to just. And it's, I gotta be in the right mood for it, but I definitely like, especially if I'm lifting weights or something like that, I listen to a bit more metal than people would expect. Not a ridiculous amount. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a war horse. I can't keep up with that, but like, that's what I'd say. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. <coughs> that's, that's fair is, you know, you come out to Dolly Parton and then you're going to listen to Slipknot. That, yeah. That's surprising. I mean, well, I like nobody's gonna be surprised if I tell them that I'm listening to Ariana Grande. Like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, everybody. you and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So when you're driving on the road, me, I'm a snack girl. I'm a snackosaurus rex. I love snacks. What are your go-to road snacks? Um. So I I generally don't leave. I I normally take like a, a little cooler with drinks and snacks in it. Um depending on who uh, how full the car is but i always have a couple of different protein bars and then i'll normally have whether or not i eat it on the road or if i eat it at the show i almost never leave without some kind of uncrustable just like tucked away in the bottom there and it's just kind of a nice little treat for later oh what is your go-to uncrustable peanut butter jelly obviously but yeah but what what kind of jelly it's important Great jelly i mean that's a choice you can make it is it is look if i'm gonna make something at home i'm gonna use like blackberry jam but i they don't make uncrustables with blackberry jam so grape jelly is my road choice okay i'm i'm more of a strawberry jam kind of gal but that's just me <coughs> agree to disagree on i've been wrong before too sorry about on jelly and jam choices it's fine um <laughs> who are you usually traveling with like who who's who's in your wrestle car it completely depends um there's a the convenience factor to it and then there's just at various points i have traveled with different people when i first started i was traveling a bunch with uh aj kazana and then after that i was i i did i've for a little while, I was traveling with Hunter Drake and Kenzie Page. I did, I've done a couple of trips with John Wayne Murdoch and Satu and just various members of the rejects or people from that area. Currently, whenever I, my, uh, my car load for On Point up in New Jersey is Jason Kincaid, Axton, Ray, and myself. Um, and we'll normally have a, a rotating fourth with that, but 
And so really it, it depends Um, like lately I've been doing a lot more writing with Billy Starks and mouse, but that just kind of, it, like I said, it entirely depends on where I'm going and who else is going there. Nice. Well, there's a lot of people. It seems like there's a lot of wrestling in the area that you're in, but there's a lot of people going a lot of different places. So I imagine that there's probably some shifting there. What is what is one of your favorite, you know, cities or venues to wrestle in? I know we talked about the basement east a little bit, but yeah, I gotta say the basement east is probably my favorite. I I'd only ever actually been to one sub show live before I was able to to find my way onto there. And it, I even just being there, like not wrestling was an experience. And so to like actually getting to wrestle there was really cool. I, yeah, I think and definitely the basement is probably my favorite so far. Who has been your favorite, like one of your favorite opponents? Like who do you like know that you can have a good match with every time? Um, I think the only, I mean, I, let's see, I'm trying to think of, because there's a bunch of people that I've wrestled a bunch and then there's a bunch of people that I've wrestled a bunch and it's always been good. But anytime I've wrestled, uh, I, as much as I hate to say it, like pretty much the last laugh is full filled with people that I haven't had bad matches with. Um, anytime I wrestled Dylan McQueen, it's been a good match for better or worse, depending on how you want to take that. But I don't know. I, I think that's probably the, that's probably the, the core group of people that I'm confident it's always going to be good with. What is your favorite move to take and what is your favorite move to give? I mean, I'd rather not take anything, but if I have to take something. Um, <clears throat> that is tricky. That is really tricky. Um, I think it, sometimes it's a lot of fun getting hit with a Hurricane Rana just because it's so like, I don't really do a lot of flips. And so like something that forces me to can be, can be fun. Um, as far as my favorite move to give, absolutely. Uh, the Emerald Flosion. It is, it, it, cause it, I feel like at this point consistently, it looks great. It's, it's, it's probably my favorite to give very close second would be the satisfaction, but that's mostly just for the reactions that people have whenever I say, all right, I'm going to hit you with satisfaction. And they kind of double take on it. Fair enough. Do you have any pre-match rituals, anything that you do, like you have to do before either right before your match or before you leave? Um, I'm horribly paranoid about being dehydrated in a match. And so I'm drinking, I drink massive amounts of water in like the three or four hours leading up to, to wrestling. Other than that, I also like time out snacks for a long time. I would do oranges and honey about like 15, 20 minutes before I went out there. Um, and then I I've got like a, a certain like stretching routine that I kind of do it or a little warm up routine that I do about 10, 15 minutes before as well. <coughs> sorry um so this is from twitter um 
old bad GUI asked sweet tea or lemonade? Well, so that depends. Um, so if I am, if I'm not particularly worried about my diet, sweet tea all day. Absolutely. But if I'm doing, if I'm going to have to mix in some artificial sweeteners, if I'm going to have to do like a diet or like a, you know, some kind of a fake sweetener, I'll take the lemonade because I feel like sweet tea without real sugar is kind of pointless. Defeated, like I, it's sad. I don't want any part of it, but I've had some pretty good diet lemonade before. Fair enough. <laughs> sad tea, not sweet tea. <laughs> Um, so with traveling, it seems like everybody has like at least like one really good travel story, um, where either something like memorable happened or funny, or it's like you almost died or like a good wrestling horror story where like you showed up at a venue and were like, what the hell? So and you can feel free to censor any names that you need to to protect people's identities. Um, but do you have a good travel story or wrestling horror story that you can share? Hmm. Um, so there was... Um, there was a point recently, it's not necessarily like anything too wacky i i honestly i'd have to think on it a second if i was going to come up with anything too wild but i've definitely recently had a trip with some other people where we were driving it was a very long drive all to like fully there i think it was about nine something hours and we were going to beat call time by about an hour and when we switched over to another driver at one point that other driver put the wrong address in and it put us a, about an hour north of where we needed to be and by the time we realized it we got to we pretty much got to rather than beating the call time by an hour we were about two matches in when we showed up to the building and I was originally supposed to be match three, but ma match four offered to switch. Yeah, that was that was a rough day. Um, not particularly the like the worst travel story I've had. I mean, I've I, I'm sure most people have had those those long haul drives where you're driving, you know, 16 plus hours with not enough people in the car. And by the time you you get there and then you turn around, and you, you come back. Everybody kind of hates each other for three or four days afterwards. Just because you've you've been on each other's nerves, you spent too much time in a confined space. Like that happens, and I mean it. You know, three or four days later, everybody's friends again. Like it's not a problem. But, um, let's see. Yeah, I don't. I. I feel like most of the weirder stuff I would have to kind of think on for a second. Well, if nothing immediately jumps out at you, it's probably good because that means it wasn't like traumatic. <laughs> no. So outside of wrestling, like what are your hobbies? What do you enjoy doing? Um, so I'm, I'm a sucker for good coffee. So I try to, when I'm on the road, I try to explore like random local coffee shops because 
one, it gives me an excuse to check out the the local area, but two, it's just, I've, I've kind of gotten more into that over the past few years. Um, I don't play as much, as many video games I used to. I have over the past year or two gotten a little bit more into like Dungeons and Dragons. And so I've got a couple different groups that meet for that occasionally, but pretty much most of my week is consumed with working my day job, wrestling or going to the gym nowadays. Nice. Do you have any hidden talents? Um, I am absurdly good at two-stepping. Nowhere nice. to set around here. I, I lived in Texas for a couple of years and I kind of picked it up while I was there, but yeah, I, I'm sure I'm rusty, but still better than 95% of people out there. I see you, and you, you mentioned earlier that you might have, but I see you have your doggy. Oh yeah. He's walking through here. Come on, turn around, bud. We're going to, I'm going to get him to turn around and bring us ahead into the frame here. Come on. There he is. Hi. Hi so this is Moose. He is a black and tan coonhound. He is way better than he has any right to be. He's, I couldn't ask for a better dog. He's slobbers everywhere, but other than that, I couldn't ask for a better dog. Aww. I love when people are able to show off their pets. It makes me so happy. <laughs> Your dog looks delightful. Give him like three extra pets for me. Okay, I got him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, if you could go back in time, what would you tell a 10-year-old version of yourself? Oh, that's oh, probably um, just have more fun along the way. Like, don't don't worry about it so much. Like, it's gonna it's all gonna work out. Maybe not the way you want it to, but the way it needs to. So I just have a couple more questions. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Um, and then we'll wrap up. So um, this comes from Vic. He is one of our VIPs, um, all-time Bomb Monkeys listener and chatter. And he, when we were doing lives, would always ask this. So now I'm asking it on behalf of Vic. Who do you think has the best gear of all time? I mean, if we're talking head to toe, like the best gear of all time, like I, that is very tricky. There's a lot of different metrics here. Cause like there's the arguments to be made to kick pads look better than and kick pads and shoes look better than boots. Maybe, maybe not. If you got kick pads like Finn Balor or Kylie Ray, maybe, because there's a immaculate. I had a conversation with Mouse about that the other day, and now I can't unsee it. But, mm, I mean, if you're talking about, like, gear that just immediately evokes a reaction, you, I feel like sometimes the simpler the better. Like, some of, I, just think about, think about, I don't know. Um, ooh. That is really tough. 
That is really tough. I mean, because if it... I mean, you could go the route of, like, somebody like Ric Flair who comes out with, like, the really ornate robe and then has, like, the super simple trunks, right? Yeah. Or you could... I really do enjoy, like, some of the New Day's theme sets that they've done over the years. Like, they... I, I feel like they rotate gear the most and they have... I mean, if we're talking WWE, then Johnny Gargano used to have special gear for every pay-per-view, and it was always, it had a different theme to it. It always looked very, very well done. Um, I don't know, though. Like, I, there's something to be said if you're, if you're talking, like, for with an overall look of the simplicity of, and, and just the reaction that you get from, like, a Sting or an Undertaker. Of, I mean, it's, it's, it's trench coat, it's a hat, it's a singlet, but fear, you know, is, is immediately struck in people's, in people's hearts and minds. But I, that's really difficult because there's just so many different, I, I mean, I, it's hard to say, like, hmm. You know what, we're just gonna say, uh, the Road Warriors. We're going to go with the Road Warriors. They had the most badass gear. Um, I don't think anybody's ever going to top that without it looking tacky. Yeah, I definitely think that they had very iconic gear. You know what you're seeing when you see that gear. And I don't think that you, I don't think that anybody else can do that gear and not look like they're trying to be the Road Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely can get that. Plus, I don't think that would go off now. I mean, you can see modern spins on it. Like, I mean, I would say the nearest person to being able to pull something like that off nowadays would be Max. And they do a very good job of it. Like, they they very intimidating, terrifying even. But still got to, like, you got to go with the original. Yeah, when, when we were kind of talking about it, the the only people that I thought of were Max and then Heidi Howitzer. Oh yes, absolutely. Because they have that whole like vibe going on and definitely do not want to cross either of them. by any stretch of imagination um, could both absolutely pummel me to death if they wanted to. So I'm just going to try to keep on everybody's good side and not get pummeled to death. It's kind of my general strategy with life most of the time. I like I feel like we have a similar like we're nice yeah I mean you know it's you don't really have to you don't really have to know how to fight if you're friends with everybody yep and helps to have a friend that's bigger and fightier than you that was uh that was so as when I was a kid I moved around a lot um went to like 12 different schools before I graduated high school and I was very small when I was, when I was younger, I mean, I'm not the largest person now, but I've actually like put on some muscle, but back then I was short and I was frail and tiny. And that was kind of my go-to was I just, just had this natural ability to make friends with big people. And so nobody really messed with me. It was really, it it really helped a lot. (coughs) Right. You just have to have a positive disposition and get one person to like you enough to want to protect you. That is absolutely how I have lived my life. Shout out to my best friend, Danny. We've been best friends for 18 years. 
and she is the fightier of the two of us. <laughs> She's almost gotten fights for me several, a couple times. Um, helps to have a fighty friend. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of fighting, um, and you can imagine that this is like that something is attacking you. So you're not like attacking something else. But what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands, no weapons? Hmm. Like the biggest that you think that you could like at least have a good fighting shot against. I I feel like the, I mean, the the big factor here is like a big animal that has like teeth or tusks becomes significantly harder than a big animal that like like yeah a horse can kick you in the head and kill you but it's not as dangerous as like a mountain lion which is smaller but just a lot more vicious and has claws and teeth so like i mean it like i definitely i feel like i could probably let's get cow there cows I think I could. I think I could get it off balance, get it on the ground, and then like from there, it's a matter of like not like if if not a cow, then like a deer, probably a deer. Depending on like it, like if it's a buck, then it depends on the size of the antlers because like I don't want to get poked in the eye or anywhere else. Yeah, but I mean, with any like quadruped, you just like pull the 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 bat like the legs furthest away from you they immediately fall and i mean it's it's pretty easy to keep them down after that uh the things you learn from having a 90 pound dog people (laughs) oh those are both good answers cows are large but i'm not very like i mean i wouldn't want to face off with one but like not very vicious you like i don't cows don't go attacking people that's my big concern is something's gonna poke me i don't i don't need any of that yeah as long as you get like like just like like just like a straight you know like normal cow and not one of like the texas longhorn yeah no like yeah no yeah i don't know I've never been afraid of a cow. I'll be honest about it. You've never been what? Afraid of a cow. I have as a kid. And so I think this would be me getting even. Fair. There was a, when I was a kid, my, my dad's house used to like the back of the property used to go right up to this cow pasture. And we would go out in this cow pasture for hours at a time and just play any number of like games when we were me and my siblings but occasionally we would go a little too far and we would come across a herd of cow. And when you're like 10, 12, a full-size cow is terrifying when it's kind of looking at you and just like shaking its head. Like, you don't know. I don't like, I don't know. Is the cow going to charge? Is it not? Can I duck out of the way? There's still 30 more right there. I don't know. It's terrifying. So we turn around. I, I appreciate that you have like farm stories. Um, I'm from a really small town. We had pasture on two sides. Um, we had our neighbor had horses between us. And so I've encountered a lot of wildlife in my day. Oh, yeah. 
Right. I, um, I mean, for, like I, I was always kind of around farms growing up, but I didn't really spend a ridiculous amount of time on them. Um, Same. I mean, it's been like a summer helping like bale hay to somebody we went to church with for the family we went to church with. But like, other than that, not a whole lot. See, I have, I, I feel like kind of similar, like I did not live on a farm, but I lived in a really small town, like 50 people, small town in, and it was like a farming community. So it's like, I knew a lot of farmers and it's like, you know. Oh yeah. Well, I, I say summer really, it was like a few days in the fall, but there, there were always, especially like with some of the more rural high schools, like you always knew who's, who the farmer's kids were and like who acted like they were farmer's kids, but weren't actually. And, you know, it was, it was grand old time. Did you ever, have you ever driven a tractor? Um, <coughs> no. Come to think of it, no, I've not. Huh. I mean, I've driven like trucks. Like I've, I've, I've been off-road plenty of times in trucks. I've rolled a riding lawnmower and almost like chopped my foot off. But other than that, like, so that one, okay. So that's a weird I was like, that, that requires <laughs> more explanation, um, sir. So I was in, I believe, fourth grade, and we had a riding lawnmower. Um, we were living in Pennsylvania at the time. My mom's side of my family, we moved around a good bit, but I was tasked with mowing the lawn, and I start driving down this hill on our yard, and I turn the wheel hard, because I think I'm going to go down this hill, I'm going to turn, I'm going to start cutting, zigzagging back across, and when I turn the wheel, the lawnmower goes clunk and to hear my mother tell it the blade kept spinning my my ankle was about yay far away from the spinning blade um so fortunately i didn't lose a foot but i did fracture my spine which was yeah like as a kid i was always a fan like i was one of the weird kids that seemed to enjoy gym class and so i was really bummed because like six months after that i couldn't do anything really like contact because they were worried that it was going to make it worse or I was going to break my back and actually get like paralyzed or something. But yeah, I broke my spine when I was a kid. Jesus. So there's several things here. Like this has led to several questions. If you don't mind sharing. Number one, you've just told me that you've lived in Texas and Pennsylvania and that you've moved around a lot. Like where have you, like, if you don't mind sharing, just kind of generally, like where have you lived? Um, Okay. You're not like that old of a guy. I I'll I'll start the the rundown. Um, so I'm originally from East Tennessee. After 9/11, my stepdad, who had been a cop, decided he was going to be an air marshal, which then moved us up to from Knoxville, Tennessee, to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And so then we bounced around a bunch of different places around the Pennsylvania and Ohio border there. So I lived in like Steuben, Steubenville, Ohio a couple of the areas around Pittsburgh and then like a few towns back and forth across the border. Eventually when I got into middle school, we moved, we were able to move back home um, due to some like career stuff with him that I'm not going to get into, but we um, moved back home two counties over from where my dad lived. And we uh, let's see, kind of stayed in one spot for the first time for several years. And then I ended up moving with my dad for my last two years of high school. After that, I spent a semester in college, dropped out, joined the army. That took me to Oklahoma, 
Kentucky, like Kentucky, T- Tennessee border, Fort Campbell. Um, I spent a decent chunk of time in Alabama, Texas, Poland, Germany, and uh, I think that about sums it up for for like extended stays, more than like a week or so. Yeah, but I've gotten to travel a good bit. Um, and then obviously, whenever I got out of the army, I moved back to East Tennessee. But I've been able to scratch my travel itch through wrestling since then. That's awesome. Like that's so like I did not I did not know any of that about you. And it's like like the overseas stuff is really interesting to me. I've never been, so it's always just kind of been like someday maybe when I have a bazillion dollars. Um, not today. Well- pre-pandemic uh poland's a very nice place believe it or not um they're not i I mean i can't really condone their their views on the lgbt community but like as far as a country to visit like the airfare is not the most expensive it's a very favorable exchange rate and they tend to love americans over there which is kind of cool because most of europe they don't so it it was it was after spending several months in germany going to poland and people suddenly being nice and like willingly speaking English and the fact that like, instead of everything being cash only when I got there, everybody, for whatever reason, you could go to a fruit stand on the side of the road and use Apple pay. Like it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Um, but that's, that's a place I'd eventually like to kind of visit just for funsies again. But I mean, obviously I would like to go back over to Europe to wrestle some, like I, Germany would be fun. The UK would be a lot of fun wherever really. Billy Tipton everywhere. Get around. <laughs> so how do you take your pancakes? What do you like on them or and or in them? Um I'm pretty easy to please with pancakes. I, I take a I take a standard pancake, but I want I do want butter on them. And then if I do butter, then I'll do syrup. If I don't do butter, then I want honey. Mm. especially like if you can get like smaller pancakes like medallion sized pancakes and then dip them in like real local honey it's, a, it's incredible it's amazing okay okay that's a vibe highly recommend nice i've never had anybody be so specific about the size of the pancake as well, well as the like makes a big difference yeah I can, like, I can understand that. Yeah, it would be, I mean, otherwise you would have to kind of, and, and I've done before, not my favorite thing, but you can kind of rip into, like, bits and pieces almost, but I'm, I like to rip apart my food. I'm weird. Um, excellent choice. Really glad you didn't say anything about W word. We don't what? really. Waffles. Oh, some people are like, eh, like waffles. I'm like, oh, well, that's I mean, your problem. It's just like presented a different way. Like, I don't know. Like, waffles are classist. They're class. Is it because you need a waffle maker for them? Absolutely. Yeah. You can make a pancake as long as you have batter and a hot flat surface. I mean, that's fair. Oh, you can't make a waffle without a waffle iron. There's a barrier to entry for waffleage. You know, that is, I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't own a waffle iron. If I want a waffle, I'll go to like Waffle House or something. I don't know. Like, but even then, if I'm eating out, I'm probably either going to go with pancakes or French toast. The real options. I knew I liked you. 
And that really cements that for me. Thank you. So I'm going to take you on a little mental journey. So if you just want to like, like just put yourself in the mindset and just take it with me. Um, so you pretend that you are, um, you're, you're hungry for something sweet and you go to the store and you're looking around and you go down the aisle where there's the cookies and you're like, I love cookies. Who doesn't love cookies? Let's go with cookies. And, and you're looking and you're, you don't want any chocolate chip cookies or peanut butter cookies or oatmeal raisin. You want America's favorite cookie, which is indeed the Oreo. Mm-hmm. So you go to the section with all of the Oreos and there's like a thousand flavors of Oreo, but you're like, mm, I don't want anything weird. I just want like a normal, like chocolate cookie, white cream center Oreo, but there are still options because you can get like the thin Oreos or you can get just like your regular standard, like OG Oreo. Yeah. You can get a double stuffed Oreo mm-hmm. or you can get like a mega stuffed Oreo. So real quick complaint of mine about double stuff Oreos is, is it, it's actually only 1.86 times the stuff. I don't know if you so, knew that. I feel like I recall seeing that at some point that it wasn't exactly two times the stuff. Yeah. But I guess, you know, 1.86 times the stuff Oreos really isn't as marketable. But it would be more honest, and I wish they'd print it somewhere. <coughs> I'm, I like, I wonder, like, how much like a mega stuffed Oreo has versus like a single stuffed Oreo. I don't know, and I, like, I, I'm probably gonna Google that at some point now because you mentioned it. But off the top of my head, I don't know. Is it like two point three four times the stuff? Like, I don't I, know. It better be at least three. I feel like at that point. You're committing to stuff like just just make it three Oreos worth of stuff. Yeah, just like really, really stuff it, you know? Yeah. But what Oreo are you picking? I mean, the standard Oreo, actually, for me. Yeah. That's a choice. No, it is. It is my choice. Um, it's my Oreos and it's my choice. So I think I think. And I've given a lot of thought to this over the years. The double stuff is nice, but I definitely think that the stuff to cookie ratio is better with a standard Oreo. Hmm. And I'm, I'm not even really bothered with the thins. I don't want a wafer. I want, I want an Oreo, right? Communion Oreo. Yeah, it's not a communion <laughs> Oreo. I mean, I don't get me wrong. You tell me a church is doing is doing communion with Oreos. I'm gonna check it out at least once. But like, that's not what I want to just be snacking on when i'm cheating on my diet at 3 a.m come on that's Uh, fair yeah so i'm gonna go with a standard oreo so the unofficial correct answer to that question is indeed the double stuffed oreo but i appreciate your justification of the single stuffed oreo and i will i'll let it slide um to be fair you can have all of the single stuffed Oreos and leave me the double stuffed Oreos. And that's fine by me. That's pretty fair. I feel like we'll, we'll, right. Yeah. We'll shake on it next time we see each other. Yeah. Speaking of next time we see each other, what are your upcoming shows? So as the date of this filming um, tomorrow, I actually have a sub show in Nashville. They're not doing it at, the basement east it's a different venue um but 
I will be at SUP tomorrow in Nashville, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for what I got going on. I can't really give away anything. But definitely by the time of this airing, you all should check out the replay on IWTV because SUP is a really fun show, and you're going to have a great time. Um, and you can see my tag partner beat up Adam Priest. Yes. Nobody likes Adam Priest. Priest. There's, a whole, there's a whole boatload of matches that they've announced for that. But that's the, <coughs> that's the, that's one that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and then this weekend is kind of a, of a slow weekend for me, just kind of taking things easy, leading into futures. But obviously I've got Uncharted Territory on Monday. Um, that'll be the season finale. And no telling what's going to happen there. I, I think, I imagine we'll see some ups and downs. Some, some people will laugh. Some people will cry. Some people will be very dehydrated. It'll be, it'll be a great time. Any wrestling. Will some, will some people get the last laugh? Um, here's hoping. But following that, I've got uh, TWE the night before, the Thursday leading into the SCI weekend. Very excited for that. Not entirely sure what I'm doing there, but the reason we're all here is I'm going to win futures, obviously. Like that's, I, I mean, not to sound arrogant, not to sound overly full of myself. Like I, I, I tend to be very humble, but I looked at the field. Most of them I've wrestled before. Most of them I've beat before. Like I like my chances. I think, uh, I think I'm going to win futures. I'm sorry. I I'm going to win futures. I don't think it. it's, it's going to, it's going to happen. It's just going to occur. It's going to occur. And then when it doesn't occur, like, Obviously, we can all be very upset about that, myself especially. But either way, it's going to be a fantastic tournament that we should all watch. Um, it, again, this is because uh, this is this is coming out what a couple of days beforehand. Next yes, Wednesday? this is coming out um, going live on August third, the Wednesday right before SCA. Exactly. So yeah, it, it, anybody watching this day of, or even if you're you know if you're watching this five years from now, go back watch. 2022 futures tournament watch billy tipton in the first round against bk westbrook and jeffrey johns who i don't know if y'all remember but fourth of july beat bk and jeffrey johns is an intruder in the south and a lot of people don't like him anyways so i i like my chances and you know what if it's not me that wins futures it better be rico is all i got to say because he's too sweet too pure for this world damn it and like that's a lot coming for you because you are like a very like very wholesome gentleman like have you seen rico come on yes come on you know what i mean wholesome futures i'm about it well thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight um i really appreciated being able to sit down and chit chat with you before before futures um, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Futures. I'm looking forward to seeing you win Futures. So thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. I appreciate you taking the time to, to do that. Um, where can people find you? Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, OnlyFans, TikTok, merch store, plug everything. Okay, so my username on pretty much everything is TNBilliam, uh, Tennessee Billiam. And... That, that goes for Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. I'm just Billy Tipton. Not very hard to find there. Um, don't have an OnlyFans yet. No plans so far. I think that's kind of, that'd be a little off brand for me. I'm, I'm going to kind of hold off on that for the time being. But 
Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I most of the time my merch I kind of just sell at at shows, so you have to catch me there. But if you want to, if you would like anything that I have available, I've got shirts, stickers, pictures, temporary tattoos, uh, wristbands. Feel free to message me directly, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Awesome. I'm going to need to pick up a sticker at Futures or the night before, whenever. I'll see you probably three times. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you once again so much for hanging out. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And be sure to check out the stack next week. Absolutely. Everybody check out the stack. Come on. What are you doing? You got nothing better. You spend, spend however much free time you got on your commute to and from work. Listen to the stack. Val's great people. Aw, you're so sweet and wonderful. Thank you. What a glowing endorsement from a lovely and delightful individual. Thank you. I've had a great time and I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for hanging out tonight. And once again, thank everybody for tuning in.